Clean contact. I hit it again because that shot was a defining moment. And when a defining moment comes along, you define the moment. Or the moment defines you. golf practice podcast my name is andy hayes with me as always jansen misrick pete lineweber how we doing morning what's happening good morning it's uh 12 12 10 it's always morning baby <laughs> or wait it's no, always it's, morning it's 110 yeah it's 110 wow. on a Just wednesday lunch. it's early afternoon pete and i got brand new persimmon woods yesterday i know Big you bear. guys are raving about the timber mm-hmm. they call it Definitely. <laughs> Anything to say on it? Nope. <laughs> Definitely unique experience thus far. Yeah. I don't think if you told me this two years ago that you're going to someday get a persimmon driver and maybe use it full time, I, I probably would have like told you you were lying. On it. Yeah. New club that's right. old, built old. But uh, so, like, could you give the listeners a little backstory of like why? Because we haven't talked about this on the podcast. I don't think yet, so. Have we? Sure. Like like a little background on like yeah. Zach's uncle so, and like yeah. yeah. I think so, it's a good story. Zach Bussman has been on the pod briefly before, briefly. but he's a big fan. He's a big fan. Um super fan. <laughs> a long time listener. Um his uncle passed away like quite suddenly, like COVID. He had he was vaxxed and boosted, but still he had bad lungs, so mm. it's pretty sad. Um anyway. We like the day a couple of days after he died. Like his, the, um, one of his other uncles was like at the house or at the apartment cleaning things out. Called Zach's dad, so my father-in-law, and was like, "Hey, there's there's a lot. He has eleven sets of clubs in his closet. Do you, like, do you guys want to come and see if you want any of them?" And his uncle was someone who. It, it was like we knew. Like I'd played golf with him once. We knew he liked golf. Right, like he, I'm a golfer. You know what I mean? Like plenty yeah, of people yeah, yeah. like are golfers and they like, you know, you think they like golf, but you don't really, you know, that was really like the extent of like what we talked about when right. it came to golf. Maybe like he grew up like caddying at like Minicata in Minneapolis, which is like this old course that used to have US Open. So like I knew that about him. Um, but like that's really the extent of it. But then when we went over there, like the 11 sets were like, really nicely preserved like vintage clubs like mcgregor jack nicholas series um this one brand called maruman which is like a japanese forging like nice. and they were all in like really good like really really good condition and then like te- probably 10 persimmon drivers that looked like they'd never been hit before and so we we're just like wow this is you know this is cool yeah like mm-hmm. you know 30 putters like it was like the ex- uh, he also had all these like golf classic books that like some of the most famous golf books ever written he had and they were like shrink wrapped like never been opened yeah. or read before so, like this wow. was a person who, like really was a collector yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. and so it was on one hand it was really cool because it was like we got to see, like look at all this stuff and like learn something else about him it was, it was also sad because like i wish i knew like this 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 about mm-hmm. him like some of those books like i always order golf books and jenny is always like why are you like why do you keep ordering these books or like you know because they're just old like boring golf books called like the story of american golf and and mm-hmm. but he had like so not many people even know this book existed or, or that guy herbert warren wind who i read 
uh, about the Seven Club Tournament. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's like an author that's, if you know things about golf writing, he's like one of the best ever, but most people never even heard of him. Mm -hmm. So he had a bunch of his books that were like perfectly preserved. So it was like, it would have been cool to know this. Like I could have like talked to him about it, you know, beforehand. Um, Yeah, that's, that's cool. He clearly loved golf. I mean, with. Yeah. He wasn't just a golfer. He was like a, like a connoisseur. Yeah. Yeah. Of the game. Yeah, and the so way of life, whatever. Yeah, yeah, so we, you know, brought a bunch of the clubs back. Zach has a bunch of the putters, the irons. Um, Zach's been hitting. I think they're called cubic balances. They're, they're called <laughs> elk model, which I imagine is Steve Elkington. Um, oh, those blades he has. So he's been hitting them good. Um, and then I just tried hitting the persimmon to see, like what you know, what it was all about, like how far would it go? Let's just like see what it'd be like. And I was like actually really surprised at how far it was going compared to, you know, a modern driver. Um, it was going on a good shot was maybe 15 to 20 yards shorter, which, mm-hmm. you know, I hit it pretty far. So <laughs> you can still <laughs> hit it out there. Um, so that was kind of, and it also like feels way, be- way better to hit it, you know, like a wood. Yeah, you know, if you've hit a wood bat in the sweet spot or whatever, compared to a metal, yeah. Um, and so that, you know, that began the journey, right? I don't yeah. know. Pete tried one day, yeah, and I mean, your first, your like second shot went 300 yards. Yeah, I kind of glommed onto the whole persimmon, um, persimmon world because I I just came in one day and you were hitting it over here in the uh, simulator right next to us right now, and I you were like, hey, come try this, and I had never hit a, hit a persimmon in my life. And yeah, like you said, like the second one I caught like really, really nicely on the sweet spot. And like you said, it, it has a different feeling or a different um, rewarding feeling of hitting it on the sweet spot than, you know, your modern, my ping four, G425 driver. So, uh, and like you said, also it, it goes like almost as far. It's like five or five to 7% shorter than my other driver, but it, it feels better to hit on the sweet spot so i was like kind of hooked right right away and then i think we played a couple matches on the on the track man with persimmons and i was like wow this is fun so i think you texted jansen and i saying that you found this guy todd on instagram and we're buying a custom persimmon for 250 bucks and i'm like screw it i'll do it (laughs) (laughs) so i did yeah so i a few things that um that I the the shaft in some of these persimmons was not not quite right. It's a little mm-hmm. bit too, yeah, a little too soft. And yeah. so, um, I had the feeling of like I wanted to try one with a shaft that was right for me. And then I found mm-hmm. this guy, who I saw. There's one company called Louisville Golf who makes persimmons. Um, those are four hundred dollars. So I was kind of expecting that would be the price, and that seemed a little bit steep. You know, not quite knowing if I wanted to commit to the right. you know four hundred dollars or something you never use is yeah a lot but um they're pretty big louisville yeah i saw them on like a commercial on golf channel yesterday i hadn't seen that before oh. but 250 like you said is a little better a little better a little better right shaft got to choose the color got to choose the paint fill mm-hmm. um it came in two weeks so it's pretty pretty sweet yeah um highly I like recommend the, the customization of it it's pretty cool yeah mm-hmm. pretty yeah. cool that and and then we listened to Zach and I listened to um his podcast um the Golfer's Journal podcast it's their fourth ever episode and it's interviewing a guy named Jeff Cunningham who like helped 
started the brand Link Soul and does a bunch of pictures for the Golfers Journal. And he, he like only plays persimmons. And so he had lots of good, uh, I don't know, Jansen, you just listened to it. What yeah, do you do? yeah, yeah, it's really good. Uh, yeah, he has a lot of good little one-liners about, yeah. um, about you know, the pros and cons of it, I think. And uh, I'm trying to think. Of, I don't want to misquote, but uh, what was the one he said that's really good? Like persimmon, you know, a wooden persimmon. Like it's like it's like life or I don't know. What was that one? Oh, I don't know. But I, can't remember. I can't remember the quote, but he had, some, he had some bold takes. But, but they make sense, you know. Um, it was cool. I think speaking from my experience of hitting it, uh, the club head's so much smaller and it feels so good when you hit it on the screws, like yeah. literally hit it on yes. the screws. <laughs> and, yeah. um, uh, obviously that's where that thing, uh, came from. But when I went back to my current driver, uh, like, you know, modern technology, I felt like I had so much more awareness of like how to swing it and square mm-hmm. it up and shape it and. Uh, so that was cool. I thought that was beneficial. If you want to do, you know, play a couple rounds with a persimmon, or if you still want to have that, have that modern technology. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it just came to me. So one of the one of the things this was different one, but one of the things that the Mr. Cunningham said on that on that podcast was, uh, every once in a while you need your ego boosted a little bit, and so that's when you can use that you know that modern technology. If you're going to go play with your buddies <laughs> and you in like a wide open course, you got to kind of keep up. He's like, it's good to have your ego boosted a little bit, but he's like, if you really want to be like a golfer and like hit the shots, like you got to play persimmon because otherwise it's just it's too easy with those other ones. So yeah, and he so. he also talked. He play they play at um, Goat Hill Park which is like somewhat famous course in California. Um, and like only use persimmons. And he t- talked about how like when you use a persimmon compared to a modern driver, you like the feel is so much better of like you, you like learn about the club, you know, like you mm-hmm. learn how it's supposed to be hit. You, you learn what a miss hit feels like. You learn more what open face feels like, what closed face feels like. And um, I found that to be true. Definitely like as hitting as I've been hitting it. Um, well documented that driver is not my favorite club, so this has seemingly <laughs> um, been helpful. He also said that there's like beginners who have people who have just started playing who they've used persimmons and they actually like have no intention of like ever playing golf with a metal wood, which I, which to me was like the craziest thing to hear because it's like oh, it's one thing if like a really really good player uses it because it's so hard to play, but he was kind of mm. saying like actually no anyone. You know, anyone can hit it. it. Yeah. Yeah, I I totally agree. I think it's kind of funny, the timeline of events over the last couple of years for me with my clubs. Like, I, as same as you, Andy, I struggled with driver for a long time. I could never really had a driver that I loved, really, since high school. Um, And then I got this ping driver about a, a little less than a year ago. And it's the best driver I've ever had by far. And I've hit it better than I have ever, or I've driven it better than I ever have. And then I just, like, a few months later, just got a, a wood driver to go backwards <laughs> 30 years. So um, I don't know. It's it's a fun experiment. I can't wait to hit it outside. It's mm-hmm. I'm That's sure it's going to be. For. I'm sure it's going to be a much different experience than hitting it on the track man here because a the sound is probably different and b the feel is probably different and c the ball flight's probably yeah, different. I can't so wait to see the ball flight outside. That's going to be so cool. Yeah. It'll be fun to see, you know, how far it goes outside, how far you, I mean, it's a different swing, I think. And I think you said the same thing. It's a little different than with your normal driver. You really have to, for me, I really have to feel like I release it even more than I already do to get the Mm -hmm. face closed. 
uh, and hit up on it a little bit more because it doesn't really go that high. Mm-hmm. Um, but wasn't Tiger saying that he they, he was hitting down on it like for a lot? They had to hit down on it for a long time. I don't know if it was him or somebody else, but I'm not sure. There's not enough loft or something you have to hit down on the ball, or at least maybe it was with the Bellotta ball because there wasn't mm. enough spin, so they had to get it up in the air. So they were hitting down on it. So now with a normal ball, I think it's a little different. But yeah, you can definitely hit up on it. Right. Yeah. But I'm excited. I'm excited to try it outside and uh, hopefully soon. The other thing I like that he said is he's talking about like throughout hi- throughout like human history, like humans have like a connection to their tools, you know, and they're like, very yeah, personal. Yeah, yeah. He talked well, about they like, were talking about the Louisville uh yeah, manufacturing mm-hmm. company that that makes some and just yeah. that whole process because I think they wrote an article or journal yeah. or, or mm-hmm. uh, some sort of project on that and he's talking about like these these tools are an extension of our body just like a surfboard is an extension of your body and like the craftsmanship that goes yeah. into it. And well, I gotta listen to this. Yeah. It's a good, but it's like yeah. forty minutes long. Yeah. I right. listened to it. I was vacuuming the bunkers and pebbles. Yeah. A great listen. I'll listen to it on so, the way home tonight. Yeah, um, yeah just because th- even like when humans were out like hunting, they're like. I don't know, bow and arrows. Like, yeah, 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 like very personal. It, and so, like, so like, he yeah, went deep. You with know it. what yeah. it's about. So you know how it he's is. Like, there's like, something about you know humans that you know have a connection to these things, and so right. there's something a bit, you know, he would argue better, uh, maybe more soulful about the wood club that okay. you know is made by hand. That's like hand dyed and stained by someone, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, sanded and. Yeah. the colors are you know chosen by you that that's different than just like oh give me the the hottest new tech yeah i mean there is something different for sure uh, of things that are made by hand and then things that are made by a machine mm-hmm. i mean that's a common um ad advertisement saying like oh we made this by or this is made by hand basically so definitely something to think about i hadn't thought about it that way so i'll have to listen to the to the yeah, podcast it's good mm-hmm. Yeah. A little episode. Well, it's cool, boys. Yeah. So anyway, P- Pete and I are taking any challengers <laughs> for the 2022 season. Um, half set we'll for Simmon. We'll play with a half set for Simmon. And anyway, you can you can use as many clubs as you want. You can use you can have go. 50 clubs if you want. Take um, a golf cart. Since yeah. y'all's custom ones came in, like I pretty sold on it. But I'm going to wait until I get outside to see the yeah. ball flight. Because I get, uh, for the listeners, gener- generous enough to get one of the persimmons from Zach's... Oh, yeah. uh, Zach's uncle, and so I love the name of it. It's called the, the Chattanooga. Yeah, the, the awesome. Chattanooga Palmer or something mm-hmm. like that. So that one feels pretty good. It is a little, a little whippy, but we'll see what it's like. Yeah. Maybe in the summer we'll, we'll order one from our right. from our guy down in Florida. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, should we get on to our main topic? Yeah, it's kind of a fun one. Three different three Let's different topics. Number two. Yeah. Um. Um. I've been reading, or I guess like rereading this. I feel like every golf book I read, the first time I read it, I don't really like it. Um, and then then I come back to it like months later. And I'm like, wow, this is exactly what I needed in my life. Golf in the Kingdom is a good example of that. Which, Pete, I think you've read once or read half I, of or something. I've read half of it, but yeah. I've come back to it uh, after we've talked about yeah. it on the podcast. So I'm, it's coming around on me. You know, like if you don't really know what you're getting into, you just assume right. it's not that good. This one, so then there's one by Fred Shoemaker, who's friends with Tim, who was mentored by Tim Galway. And it was, it's called Extraordinary Putting. And the first time I read it, I was I didn't really like it because it was only about putting. And I thought it didn't, like, couldn't apply enough to the rest of golf in a way that'd be useful 
Um, but now I learned that I was wrong. So I, I, I read, reread a f- the first, I don't know, 60 pages um, yesterday. And I thought I'd run some ideas by you guys. Let's Great. hear it. Let's hear it. So he said, he talks about he was a, you know, a speaker at the PGA Teaching Coaching Summit sometime in the 90s. Um, and he went around and he asked all of the, he was like asking people the whole week, what he said, what is the most important aspect of teaching and coaching? That was one of the questions. Second question was, what would you have to learn and develop to be paid $500 an hour and have students comment that you're well worth that kind of fee? So the two questions were, what is the most important aspect of teaching and coaching? Second question, what would you have to learn and develop to be paid $500 an hour and to have students comment you're well worth that kind of fee? Do you guys have any initial thoughts? Wow, yes. Yeah. Those are two phenomenal questions. Uh, I think to answer the first one of what's the most important aspect, I think the most important thing as a coach is to be able to build a relationship with your (laughs) golfer or your student to be able to help them achieve goals. And then I think that goes into the second part of it of like what would what would make it worth a student to come to you, seek you out, maybe even travel to come see you and pay like a steep price is to be able you as a coach to be able to get that student to do something they never thought they could do okay. uh, and or hit shots that they never thought they could hit and then be able to do it at a level that maybe they never thought they could do it at either. Um, so it, it does come down to like getting the student results, but it's your job as a coach to be able to figure out what those results should look like and if, if and make sure that they're aligned with their goals and what the student's capabilities are. Yeah, I, I don't know if you heard me gasp when you said the first one, but that's my exact answer. I, I think trust. You got to get the student yeah. to trust you. I mean, I'm newer to teaching than you two are. Um, obviously, don't have as much training as the both of you, um, as much experience, but I'm you know, I'm, I'm starting to see some commonalities in students that I've had success with and students mm-hmm. that I haven't had success with. And I think the biggest one is like being able to communicate what you're thinking to them that they're going to understand. Cause yes. it's one thing to know everything about the golf swing. We talk about this a lot in coaching meetings and, and just hanging out, but it's a whole nother thing to be able to communicate something pretty complex to somebody who is not an expert and very far from an expert in that field. So a trust, but B being able to communicate the right mm, things. That's um, cool. And then the the five hundred dollars an hour thing. I think you you said it well there too. Just like getting them to do something they they didn't think they could do is 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 hard. First of all, because that's another kind of it kind of comes off the trust thing. Like if they think they can't do it, they kind of start to tune you out basically, and they they want to go a different direction. So definitely, I like that answer a lot. But I think relationships and trust is huge. All right. Put a pin in that thought. We'll come back. All right. Another question he talks about is he, it's a question we've been talking about on this podcast a lot lately is um, like, it's a question of like, what do golfers actually want or what do people want out of golf or what are they trying to, to do as part of playing? And they have this golf school where the people come for three days. And um, he says, he says for something to become truly fascinating it must not only be interesting it must also be relevant and meaningful in other words it must be something that gives you what you want 
So the obvious question becomes, what do you want in golf? And I mean, what do you really want? Okay, so they like ask people at their schools like what they want. And people, he says like people usually have a bad answer to this question. So I was glad to have read that because I think that's <laughs> the same way. I'm not the only ones um, that think that. And they say they they typically say like, I want to be better. I want to be the best I can be. I want to be a better putter, etc. And so he says like. These responses are fine, but he's asking what's underneath them. Um, what's underneath being a better golfer? Like, what would that give you? Okay, so he's like just like pressing them further and further and further. And what he, his uh, Fred Shoemaker's kind of hypothesis or thesis is that when you like really keep pressing into these questions, the three things that golfers want the most are freedom, peace of mind, and increased awareness, and the ability to self-coach. I thought were some interesting things. It's a lot to unpack there. You can yeah, it is. Um, and so I guess where where this brings us back to a little bit is um, is um, are the coaches are are the teachers or the coaches who are offering something to the students. Are they li- is that lining up with what the students actually want? You know what I mean? Because I think a student, um, and what, what he says, uh, what he after he asked all those coaches the question of like, what does it take to what's the most important part of coaching? He said he like boiled all their all their responses down to um, the idea that like if I get a better swing and better scores, I will be happier. That like that's what golfers want, right? That that. If I can just do this better, then I'll be happier. Yeah. If I could be more consistent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then I'll be happier. <laughs> right? Exactly. Um, God, I hate that word. Yeah. More consistent. But but he's he then he's like then he asks them, he's like he's like everyone in this room, because it's PJ Teaching Coaching Coaching Summit, has done that, right? They've all improved their games. They are like the top one percent of players. And he's like, But are you like truly a happier person because of these better results? And they all like laugh and are like, Of course not. I'm not that much happier. So then he's like, well, if he's like, this is just a, you know, like a fantasy that if we get better, we'll be happier. Like that's not actually, that's not actually true at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> I, at the beginning, like if I start a, I'm sure you guys do this too, but when I, like my first lesson with a student, I always ask him those questions. Like what, what, what are you coming here for? What's your goals? all that stuff. Uh, I get this more often than not is like, I don't want to be, I don't want to embarrass myself or I have a X coming up, a trip coming up, a business or a, a company scramble coming up or whatever it is. And I just want to hit a couple good shots. So I think I'd rather get that answer than the, I want to be more consistent or I, yeah. I want to be the best I can be or something like that. But I don't know. I'd love to hear what you guys normally get in those answers. What answers you normally get? Is it the same as that guy? Well, so what he's kind of saying, though, is like no one actually gives the answer. Like, I want to experience more freedom in my life, right. you know, in my <laughs> life. But he only gets that after, like, you, like, press into press. what they want a little yeah. bit. That's what he's, like, really good at. And he's one of the things, like, known for. Because, like, I, some, I just don't want to embarrass myself. Like, that's mm-hmm. a person who actually wants peace of mind. Right. And so to give them peace of mind, um, like, how are you going to do that? And are, are you just going to, um, you know, give them a quick tip to fix their mm-hmm. grip? Is that going to give them peace of mind or is that 
going to give them something else. I don't think it's going to be peace of mind. No. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah they I mean. might need some more concrete. Yeah. So yeah. They can really get bought into exactly. it. Right? right. Yeah. So, okay. Not so I'll paying go. $500 for, for that. <laughs> I'll go a little more. This is where he goes. So he's like, um, but he also, he wants to be sure to say that like the opposite of this idea of like, if I get better swinging better scores, I'll be happier. He does say like, of course, scores have some value, right? Like if you shoot a good round, you feel good about it for a little bit. But then eventually that wears off. Just like anything new you buy, you know, you buy a new car, a new shirt mm-hmm. or a new house. It's like you like it for a little bit and then it wears off because you get used to it. So it's not like the lasting impact right. that like people think it is. And so um, he says, um, if we can deconstruct the myth that fixing faults and getting better will get people what they really want which is freedom, peace of mind, and self-coaching, then we're free to start exploring what they're really seeking. He has a chapter called The Tip Versus the Experience, (laughs) which is another good... um, I always say, thanks for the tip. I want to put up in the cube here a sign that says no tips, you know, no golf tips allowed. Um, With the idea being that most people... He's like, everyone in golf... They, they think they want a tip, like the latest tip. He's like, we've talked to like the editor of Golf Digest. If they put the word tip on the cover, it sells more than the ones that don't put <laughs> have tip written on them. Like it's what everyone thinks yeah, they it's want. That buzzword. Oh, yeah. It's the buzzword. And so, um, so he gets into it. He, um, he thinks about tips versus experience in this way. Um, the answer, the math question, four plus four equals eight. eight eight you know that right yes know it. easy mm-hmm. you easy. could you could get it on a test right <laughs> oh yeah if we had a piece of paper hundred percent okay so this is the type of of learning of like that people call knowledge right like you have knowledge because four plus four you know four plus four equals six or eight <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> <She's> whoa whoa <laughs> you thought it was six <laughs> You wouldn't have any knowledge, right? Okay. So then the question he asks, um, he says, is this type of knowledge or is this type of learning, is it valuable for golf? Like, not math, but is the type of of knowledge of like like learning Like being so certain about that? Oh, Uh, certain, but also facts. But just like, I know that four plus four equals eight. And so Mm -hmm. because I know that I'm smart. But yeah, I think, yeah. yeah. Okay. So he says Definitely. to a certain extent for sure. Yeah. Um, he's, this is what he, this is kind of his example and he, he would argue that it's not that valuable. So we'll see what you guys think. It's okay to push back if you disagree. He says, let's say, let's say that, you know, you swing outside in across the ball with an open club face. And you know this because of the following, your ball starts out to the left and slices back ball flight laws, which you've memorized. Your friends and your pro have told you that your club face is open. You've seen your divots point to the left. You've seen it on video. Because of this information, you feel you know that you swing outside in with an open club face. Okay. But what he said, then Fred says, like, none of this results in actual knowing or not at least the kind that makes a difference in golf. Um, he would relabel these these ideas as beliefs and conceptual understanding. And this never leads to the type of self-coaching and self-reliance from which amazing performance comes. 
This is the type of knowing that comes from information and tips. So correct me if I'm wrong. The way I interpret that is you, this person who is hitting a slice has seen it on video. He asks his friends and coach, like, because he's concerned about this ball flight, sure. right? Yeah. And he knows, like, what the ball flight, like, he knows what's going on, mm -hmm. but that doesn't no mean he knows, like, why it got there or how to fix it necessarily. Yeah, he doesn't, like, he doesn't, have, doesn't, any he doesn't have the ability so, or the awareness to, to yeah. fix it. So that's the next part. Got he doesn't it. have the awareness of what he's doing to fix it. Right. Got it. And, or to, to be able to become self-reliant, right? You've, we've all seen... Because he's People. not doing that intentionally, exactly. right? right? Like hitting that slice intentionally, yeah, exactly. it just happened. And he doesn't, and he's not aware of where the club, the club is, or the club faces. He's just been told these things, and he could tell you, my club face is open, but he doesn't have any idea of what a closed club face would feel like, or a neutral right. club face, or mm. or how a grip or wrist angles could impact these things. Got you it. see what I mean? His, his knowledge know, of it yeah, is just like the yes. four plus four equals eight. It's just very surface level knowledge. Surface yeah. it's level like no, the very beginning. knowledge of just the ball flight. Yeah, and he drew a conclusion yeah. from that. But right. he, but he actually has no knowledge about his golf swing. Right. It's just because of what he's seen. But still, you can add to it. Like he knows the TrackMan numbers are a sure, negative path. Sure. You know, he's got all of this for all this correct information. He can draw a line on the video, but he still wouldn't be experiencing it right himself. And so that's where. Where Shoemaker then says the next thing, like the w way to get freedom, peace of mind, self-reliance is to be aware, is to like have a your awareness increased. Mm. So he is now saying that an increase of awareness is maybe one of the most important things in golf as opposed to having the right information. Obviously, they're both helpful. Right. Yes. I think in tandem, they're very helpful together. But can you have awareness if you don't have that basic knowledge that four plus four equals eight? I guess that's what, is that what he's arguing well, or is I he think, saying? It? I think um, just to go off what you're saying there, Pete, like I've had beginners who have no idea what an open squared right. close face is, right? Like th they have no idea what the club is, but but they do have awareness of what they're feeling and okay. they'll describe okay. it to you in a very beginner like Got language, it. right? Yeah. They'll be like, "Well, the, well that felt that felt like it was over here a little more." And they'll kind of show you mm -hmm. in there in this one. and then, you know, obviously we would know like what the difference right. is, mm -hmm. but so I think you I think there are some people that are maybe pretty athletic or in tune with mm -hmm. with their awareness that mm -hmm. don't have that knowledge. Okay. That, that, but, that answers that. Yeah. But you also get a lot of beginners where they take it back and they go is this what you want? <laughs> is this what you mean? <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, yeah. And that's where we give them that right. two plus two. Oh, yep, this feeling. Right. Boom, this, that, yeah. you know. Like if, if somebody does, like if a student doesn't know the four plus four equals eight or the mm -hmm. out to in path with an open face is going to create a slice, I think that's important to tell them. Mm -hmm. But it's also more, like you said, more important, like he's saying, more important to have, be, have them be aware of why they're swinging out in or why they're so left with an open face mm -hmm. and what that actually feels like. I think you'd even push it further. Like it's not, it's not about them understanding something. They have to like actually experience right. something. I think Peter Donahue, if you ever watch his lessons does a really good job because sure. it looks like he's go, he doesn't speak that much and he gives the students a lot of times to hit on their own and he goes really slow with mm -hmm. certain things. Um, you imagine someone who they always aim up, aim left. They just set up left. So when they're in a lesson, 
you put down an alignment stick and now they're aimed straight and they're hitting it good. You see them come in practice on their own. They put an alignment stick. They're hitting it good. Then let's say they, that same student comes into class on Friday and we're doing a competition. And now there's a little pressure. They're way back to aimed way right. to the left. Right. right. So even though you told them the correct information, you didn't help them be aware. You mm-hmm. didn't help them increase their awareness. And so they weren't able to do it when you weren't there. Mm-hmm. I think that's what he's getting at. I guess to that point then that the initial base, like, you know, surface level knowledge is a good way to sell it, sell it to a student then. Like if they're pushing back on you, trying to get them to do this feel, trying to get them to swing out to first base or whatever it is, you fill in the blank there. But I think it's good to sell. Like this is literally why that ball is going left to right so much. Like physics, the the physics behind it are this. So then it's important to use it. But again, if we harp too much on that, then they're not going to, like you said, under pressure or on themse- by themselves, they're not going to Yeah, I don't continue. even think I'm saying not to use it. I just think it's an interesting, it's an interesting idea because yeah. the, only, the only thing people want is is like tips. And so right. if you don't give them tips, right. they're never going to come yeah, they see just, you again. Yeah, yeah, they just want more information. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so it's, you know, it's a balance between like giving a person what they want, but then also it's like, well, if I like, you know, I have some s- students who I see like regularly who... Like I can give them lots of information. We have a fun time, like talking about the golf swing and stuff like that. But it's like, are they, you know, are they really getting better? Proving, yeah. Um, and so, I suppose time will tell. But I, I just think it's an yeah. interesting, uh, you know, alternative yeah, dude, way of, of thinking about about what's going on. This whole tips um, phenomenon is it's going it's gone crazy. I mean, if you just check any <laughs> social media, like any golf yeah. social media, every single video is like a three second tip thing it's like t- yeah it's amazing yep. here's how to People do this crave that but then it's also like so breakdown lots of breakdowns of mm-hmm. professional swings like here's exactly what they're uh-huh. doing and again it's all like that same thing of like you're just getting information you know it's just information it's right. not the right kind of um awareness mm-hmm. um and you could even say yeah, i think you could even say like using track man would be a way of developing awareness because now you could start to equate what a negative path you know actually feels like like. and then what a positive into what extreme feels like and then like you're you're calibrating and you're you're doing all of these things i think that would be you know a more modern way of of Mm -hmm. developing awareness of kind of like what's going on um so yeah i mean you've all we've all seen people who it could be maybe let's say pitching or putting like have really beautiful flowing like practice swings but then when the ball gets there you know it's completely like tense and jerky and so he mm-hmm. kind of is like this person is they're not present they're not aware of like what's going on and so a lot of like his coaching helps them like be aware of mm-hmm. that type of stuff uh to get them more in the yeah the process of yeah. what they're actually doing yeah. rather than concerned about an yeah. outcome or yeah because we're always previously. in our head like we totally don't have did. any most people don't have any awareness oh, of this is of good anything. Stuff, Andy. Um, Holy cow! <laughs> I heard um, my favorite podcast, the Pete Holmes podcast, called "You Made It Weird," and he did this thing where he's like, "And you guys can try it." Um, like, all right, so try, try for like a few seconds. Try to not be aware of the sounds you hear. <laughs> try to not be aware of the colors in the room. Like, try to not be aware of what 
the chair feels like under you. <laughs> Try to not be aware of you know what your clothes feel like against your skin. Does that like completely change your experience in the moment? Just like trying to not do those things. I feel like each one that you listed off, I went straight to being aware of all of those. Me things. too. Yeah, I know. Like Me the too. colors it's like real, color. Oh, orange. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the look feeling at my of shoes. my clothes. I feel it. Yeah. Like you that's just the point. You said. Yeah. <laughs> but like you can't all help those yourself. things. Right. No, that's the yeah. point. The point yeah. is like yeah. it's a trick to make you more aware. But it's right. like you didn't know. None of us noticed any of those things when we were just sitting in here because our heads are going a million mm. different places. Right. And so, like the same thing. He's like the same thing. Like the same thing is true in golf. Um, and so he, like the first, um, he like this exercise, the book goes through different exercises to like increase awareness and increase freedom and peace of mind and stuff. And the first thing he has people do is like when they're putt, he's like, he says, go putt for 10 minutes. And when maybe we won't actually go putt, but I'm wondering if you guys can think of like what you would be doing. Cause you know, Pete, you, you putt a lot. So maybe you can answer some of these questions. Mm-hmm. He says, so while you're just putting around for 10 minutes, think, notice these three things notice first what you tell yourself when you address the putt second what tips you think you need to remember three what judgments arise when do judgments arise before during or after the putt so pete you're on the hot seat okay what what do you tell yourself when you address the putt um I, I what I tell myself is to commit to the stroke, and what I mean by that is I my miss is to leave it short. So I'm like, just commit to the stroke is what okay. I say to myself. And then, so what tips do you think you need to remember? I don't Some think I remember tips. Uh, I think but it I, sounds like that's kind of one though, right? Like, yeah, get it to the yeah. hole. Yeah, yeah, get it hard enough. Yeah, get it to the hole. Commit to do it. Do you have any any? specific tip of like how to get it there do you say like make sure i accelerate through or make sure i have a big enough backswing uh release the putter head release the putter head release the putter um soft left elbow went soft okay (laughs) soft left elbow good tip Um, yeah (laughs) anything else um i said that to a student they're like what does that even mean yeah "Yeah, you're right that's a good question um no that's it okay um when Wait, what about with your grip? I've seen you messing around grip with your grip. No, that was like that was like one random okay. day I, I right. went cross-handed okay. just to try it out. Right. Um, Didn't last. When when do judgments arise? Before, during, or after the putt? Uh, judgments about anything with the putt or yeah. the actual stroke? Or both? Um, judgments arise either immediately after the putt has been str- like the putt has been struck. Yeah. Or like as I watch the ball roll. So okay. it's not it's nothing before during, it's immediately after. Immediately after. Okay. Ooh, I'd cool. agree with that. Oh. It's like you either you know, like when you like yeah, you hit a putt and you're like, God, it's like go. Yeah. It's go. You just know immediately. Yeah, yeah go. Mm-hmm. Might miss hit it slightly or you just know that you had the wrong speed or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it's usually right after until the ball gets to the hole. Yeah. So it's like all like hitting a putt is like a relatively simple thing mm-hmm. and you just ident like you're a pr- very high level player you just like identified a few you know four or five things it's like mm-hmm. going on in your head at that time that that yeah. all of those things make you not really like aware to how your hands feel on the grip or mm-hmm. to what the green could be doing or you know different things like that yeah it's, it's interesting kind of first 
the first step into more aware because we all have those things but i think i mean i i'm interested in paying attention to it more in full swing um yeah i i feel like i don't know about you guys but i feel like over time you hear you know whether it was when you took lessons growing up or just talking amongst each other about certain swing things um there's like a couple things that have stuck with me since I was a little kid in my swing mm. that I was like convinced that that's something I got to think about every single time or it kind of comes to mind every other swing or once yeah. around, a couple of times around or whatever it is. So it is interesting how that stuff lingers. And even if you tell yourself over time, like I don't need to remember that anymore. For instance, yeah. mine is mine is release with a driver is releasing the driver mm-hmm. early enough to sure. get to, to actually get a positive attack angle on or whatever it is. I've thought about that for my whole life, but I, I never hit down on it ever. So <laughs> sure. like, why am I even telling yeah. myself that? Yeah. So, well, it's cause we, it's so easy to fall into the trap of like, you have to know, like remember the correct thing in order to hit a good shot. Right. And right. that there's, but he, what like shoemaker would say like, that's absolutely not true at all. For all sure. it does is, like tense you up and mm-hmm. yeah. clutters your mind. Yeah. I think like growing growing up, I'm just thinking back to like my junior golf days now too of like any golf lessons I had. It, it was always like, it was maybe a little bit more in a group setting like in high school. And then when I did get one-on-one lessons, like my brother and I would like split the hour with the coach mm-hmm. or, or would you go like back to back and so like one person practice, one, you know, go. Mm-hmm. But, and so it was always just like pretty quick tips or like even maybe trying to relate things, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, your brother does this. Uh, you're actually different. So like, you know, what I was telling him, like, you know, think about it the other way, you know, and like things like, mm-hmm. so it's just all this information and just like, I remember this one guy, he was like, hey, hey, he, he would just always tell me like, lock your knees together like knock knees like he would like try to get my knees closer together at setup like just to get i don't know what the hell that even meant like but i always remember that i'm like what like knock knees i'm like dude what does this even mean anyways yeah but like i don't i didn't really find too much value in all of those things maybe just like it helped me understand ball flight laws down the road when i got more educated on it but like my best memories of being a junior golfer were the experiences that those people gave me it was never on the driving range it was always the competitions that Mm -hmm. we would have as a group or going on the golf course with a coach and like playing with them and Mm -hmm. them like you know narrating the round for us or um just like these games we would play it was never about the drilling that was fun or valuable it was about the experiences that those groups or camps and things gave us so for sure it's like cool to actually think back on then actually maybe think in the future, like how could, how could I as a coach make sure that people that come in through these doors and that I work with uh, or that we work with, uh, how can we give them experience that's going to be lasting mm-hmm. too and yeah. not feel like an hour just of somebody barking down orders at you? Yeah, you know? just giving you, yeah, giving four you tips. Four equals yeah. eight. Um, yeah, so the other, another exercise that I'm going to start doing um he has so so basically like his premise is like if you can like it's easy to ex- it's easier to experience these things in putting first but they really like would apply to the whole you know obviously like your full swing you have what do you tell yourself when you dress the ball like you know et cetera, et cetera. um he's got an exercise where you he puts a you're standing like six feet from the hole and you take the flag stick out and you just lay the flat flag stick uh you know just long way so you're if you were to putt to the flag stick it's just like this six foot thing you're trying to hit and you just have you hit like putt 10 balls to the flag stick 
right? It's like, as you can think, from six feet away, it's the easiest thing you could ever imagine. You probably have the most free-flowing putting stroke ever. And then he's like, okay, now just turn and try to hit to the hole and then notice like what changes when you try to do that. Oh, it's like hitting the broad side of a barn and then trying to yeah. hit but, the needle in the haystack. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so exactly. So then like when you notice what happens, it's like, okay, now you're going to start telling yourself things. You're going to start adding tips. You're going to start judging, you know, the results and mm-hmm. things like that. So all those things are going to now. So he's like, by doing that, and then you're going to like jump back and forth. Now hit the flag stick. Now hit the hole. You're going to start to notice really like what's going on inside of you as yeah. things get harder. Um, Cause he's like, if you're hit and he talked about a story where he would, there's this like big Canyon by a course he would play and he would just like hit a ball. Like if you ever hit a ball into the ocean or something or like, have you guys ever, I don't know. Oh I've done yeah. It we used to, we said balls into the lake at my, my grandparents yeah. lake house. So yes. fun. Like the, but, you, but yeah. you probably hit the best shots you've ever hit. You just, you know it. what I mean? Yeah. Cause free yeah. flowing. You're just free, and so he'd hit these balls in the Canyon and he's like, oh, that's like the best feeling swings he's ever made. And then you get on the course and then that's when, you start to tell yourself things and you get tight. Yeah, and you, so he's yeah. kind of like, well, it, wh- why do you, you don't, well, what if you could be that free, like on the course, you know, as free as like hitting the ball into the Canyon. And so I think that's really like where he's going for. Cause like that, then he would argue like, can like, will carry over to other parts of your life and things mm-hmm. like that. And mm-hmm. why like actually make maybe more meaningful change than just giving more information. Yeah. Um, I think there's golf courses that can bring that out of people, you know, sure. like yeah. there's golf like Sand Valley. Exactly. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like think of the sandbox at Sand Valley. Those shots are so fun. There's so many different ways to play them, yeah. but like those are shots that you don't get to see. Maybe you only get to see those shots like once in a lifetime, right? Like you only go play that course yeah. once or, mm-hmm. or a couple of times. And like that can be such a, you can see people hit shots on that little par three course yeah. that you would never seen them hit before. And it's like, how are you doing that? Yeah. It's like, well, it's so engaging and fun. Yeah. And like, it's like you're in it, hitting shots yeah. around a Canyon mm-hmm. you know, or into a yeah. lake for, you know, the 17 holes at the sandbox or, sure. um, or Lasonia right, with all the mounds there, mm-hmm. these shots that are just like, Oh, I'm just, I get to blast it over this yeah. invisible yeah. oasis. And right? you, you know, it's, it's pretty friendly so cool. or forgiving course off the tee. Yeah. You just kind of go after it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, like I have a student, um, uh, Jack Meyer's dad. He loves uh, Sea Island. Like I think mm. his his brother in law or something lives out there or whatnot. So he gets to play it pretty frequently. He just like loves the way that course mm-hmm. sets up for his game, and and he always plays well there. Even if he played mm-hmm. terrible at his country club the weekend <laughs> before, he goes out there and that's it's awesome. great. It's like, yeah. dude, that's your spirit course. Like, yeah. Yeah. you know, you should you know do some digging and like thinking about like like what are you. What are you experiencing out there? Mm-hmm. I think that's awesome. Yeah. So he is, so this is like Shoemaker would say, if you could get to the point where you could help him understand the differences between like why he plays really good there and why he plays yeah. crappy at his country club. And then to actually be able to, you know, play as free at his country club as he does at that place. Like that's your like $500 an hour yeah. lesson. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like, it's not about, he's saying it's not about, being the, like, yes, it's you. Of course, you need all those the baseline things of like trust and a relationship and things like that. But like, uh, assuming you c- you have that, the information, you can find the information anywhere. You know, mm-hmm. there's so many people right, who right, can. Right. Get, it's it's so it's never going to be that. Um, but like, can you develop that relationship enough and like help him identify 
these things about like I don't know his deepest self, yeah. right? <laughs> um, <laughs> like that's your you know that's yeah. that's it. So I I don't um I I he doesn't the I remember the part I didn't like love about this book is because like he doesn't give you you know I maybe because it's just would be more information like he doesn't give you like here are five ways to incorporate this you know, into your, you know what I mean? That's exactly why he didn't include that. Yeah, exactly. He more just like deconstructs this idea of like the tips are not as helpful as we think. (laughs) That's funny. And so, and so I'm just interested in like, okay, if you start, like if you start with that premise now, like what can you come up with? Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's a complete different like thing to explore as opposed to like, I just need to find the right tips to give to the right person. You know, those are com- two kind of like different ways to go about coaching, in my opinion. Yeah, man. Wow, that's pretty cool. That's really cool stuff. Thanks. I'm, uh, I'm inspired. So in the, um, the drill he was talking about with the flag stick yeah. from six feet away, yeah. does do the students know that they're gonna turn around and putt to the hole, or is he just gonna start them like, no, okay, starts putts with the flag here, stick. yeah, and then right after they're done, like, hey, go to yeah. this hole and tell me what. It's different, or yeah. does he ask them after yeah. they hit the putt? Well, first he would do the other one where he lets them like free putt for ten minutes, and right then they notice what things are going on in their head. Okay. So maybe it's not all in the same lesson, but like step one is like you need to first be aware that you know you're telling yourself all these things when you set up. You're you're doing all these tips, you know, soft left mm-hmm. elbow, whatever, 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 and then. Because if you were just putting to a flag stick, you wouldn't do say any of that stuff. You would just roll it to the flag no. stick and yeah. you'd probably be just fine. And so then then when you jump between the flag stick and the hole, now mm-hmm. you're at least able to notice that some of these things pop up yeah. for you. you know what I, I mean? think a, a great example of this that I just experienced was on Friday in class. We were putting to the big hole in yeah. the other room. Like I was just putting had no thoughts in my mind at all and i was like making everything because i was very i was just confident that a i had more room to miss but b it was a competition i just felt i don't know it's funny how that works because then if i went from there to uh the other station with putting the holes are smaller they're more regular regulation size and then you start thinking about it a little bit more Mm -hmm. that's interesting Mm -hmm. check out my own have to check out my own game so i think he would even he would push you into more like when you're like let's go to the big hole and now notice like what are you actually feeling as you're hitting the shots like are you noticing you know how does the putter feel you you know how do your feet feel you know mm-hmm. how's your breathing i think it's you just like ask you to notice these things yeah and then like so then when it gets to a higher or a tougher situation like could you keep doing that call upon yeah. that yeah yeah um all right well we'll keep you know i'll keep reading this and yeah um, see if there's anything else worth talking about um our final topic of the day is um you know a lot of news lately about phil mickelson and the saudi tour <laughs> super golf league <laughs> are yeah, people no professional golf on yeah, this podcast. i know that's why we're, we're, not, we're just skipping past it it's just <laughs> really quick we're not going <laughs> to give our phil mickelson takes um <laughs> but a lot of people you know came out and were like i'm i stand with the pga tour blah 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 you know, as long as the best a, players in the world are there, the best I'm players are there, but still a lot of, you know, all the big names Shout out Bryson. made an announcement at Riviera right. this week that they were going to stay. And it seems like the idea is kind of falling apart a little bit, which 
before it even started. Uh, before it even started. The the biggest controversy was that I mean, it's it's funny how little people knew about what this like tour was. Like Coach Rob, one of my best friends, you know, works here, was like why are they all going to move to Saudi Arabia and play on a <laughs> tour? And it's because like, it was funded by like people from Saudi Arabia. Yeah. And so we thought like the tour was going to be like, in Saudi Arabia. Well, we yeah. look it up and it's like 10 of the 14 events are going to be in America. And right. so it's like... <laughs> the, so- the Saudi Golf League, as people yeah. were calling it, is very yeah. confusing. Yeah, <laughs> it it tells people. very, very confusing. Like, um, Yeah, there's so... I, I feel like I know, probably know way too much about it. And it's like... For what? Like, right. Yeah. And I think to the mainstream sports world or like the average sports fan mm-hmm. does not know anything yeah. about this. Yeah. And and really until that whole Phil expert excerpt came out from Alan Chipnuck's book, I don't think people knew anything about it. Especially unless you're like a golf nut. hardo or yeah. a golf nut, you you wouldn't know that, and you yeah. probably didn't have any opinion on it because yeah. you didn't know. It. And so one of the reasons that the the Saudi tour got there's another one called like. The Super Golf League? Premier Golf Premier League. Premier Golf League. They went to Saudi Arabia to ask for money, and Saudi Arabia stole the idea ah. and just funded their own. Okay. DJ. All right. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, there's the Saudi Arabia, People in Saudi Arabia fund like all sorts of sports. Right. Like plenty of professional soccer teams have their, you know, uh, it's a little wacky that people are so like offended by this idea when, yeah. you know, they're involved in sports. So, you know, whatever. Um, the there's just an over this this idea that the PGA Tour is not really maximizing its product out of like professional golf. You know, there's literally you know 52 events a year, probably more. There's I don't think they take a single week off except for. But then like the majors, yeah. they also have events that week, so right. it's like. Yeah, they probably have close to 60. Yeah, a year. And so it's like this is, and they play four rounds. It's the the you don't always have the best players playing every week. Like, is this really the if Phil, Phil Mickelson shows up to a tournament, finishes fiftieth, but you know, Hoagie finishes first. Never even heard of Hoagie. Don't even know his first name. Tom. <laughs> Tom Hoagie. <laughs> Tom Hoagie makes more money than Phil, even though Phil. Um, you know, was more responsible for the TV rights. You know, more yeah. people bought tickets to see Phil. Like maybe he should have got. You know, whatever. That's kind of right. what they're trying to do. So, um, so anyway, they're they're there's been new thinking about what could professional golf be. And so I, I texted you guys. Um, this would be a good time for mini half baked ideas uh, podcast God, of the listeners. Do you have wild. any half baked ideas <laughs> regarding a you know a, a new you know, it could be a new tour. It could be a breakaway tour. It could be something that's part of the PGA Tour. Um, Do you want to go first? Uh, yeah, I'm. I've got two. It's, it's coming off our our persimmon talk. Okay. So, n- I'm not saying that the, in this tour that the um, players have to play persimmons, but and maybe there's some events or a, a breakaway tour. And again, I don't really you want to get into all that. Well, but we're gonna have to. We need. We're gonna. Oh. Sorry, I'm just gonna I'm gonna push on your, your okay. Idea. Okay, so let's, <laughs> let's okay. hear it. Out. Premise. Okay. Premise is, uh, in this tournament or this series of tournaments, uh, players have to construct, build, and play their equipment. Oh, wow! Okay. Kind of cool. Yeah, you know, I feel like there could be like some <laughs> wait, really. Cool. Wait, so, so they're they literally like, creating it themselves, oh, like yeah. building they're it. They're cutting down a tree. Oh yeah. Okay. Or sourcing their how stuff are they doing the me- how are they doing the metal like what if 
What if you can't work with metal? But I think this is well. That's part of it, man. You gotta, you gotta learn. You gotta I learn. Do you get a mentor? Sure. Okay. So it could be yeah. te- there. Blacksmith. Is, yeah. I like this because it could be tell. This part could be televised, so it's like part reality yes. show. Oh yeah. See, there you go. And okay. that's what I was gonna say. I think there's some cool media stuff you could yeah. do with. Hey, what you know the 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 thing? What's in the bag, right? Yeah. But mm-hmm. it's like what's in the bag, but to a whole new level. Like mm-hmm. how is it in the bag? How is it? How is it put in the bag? How is it crafted <laughs> to put in the bag? Okay. Just keep going yeah. farther back. Just, yeah, yeah. Just keep pressing. So there's. I think a cool story about every yeah. single club. It's not just like, oh, I got these brand new irons for okay. Colorway, the prototype, blah blah yeah, blah. Yeah. Like, no, like I, I burned part of my skin off while I was making this. Yeah. You know, like look okay. at the scar I have from making this. Wow. And these are the best irons I've ever made. It's wow. like, so it's like the you know? best craftsman golfers in the world, basically. basically. It's like kind of a mix of basically. the two. Or maybe you know, maybe somebody. A young a young player comes along and he's not that great at making his own clubs, but he's like really skillful. So like even though he has like these kind of crappy clubs, oh. like you know, but he's still he's still good. His skills that. and his yeah, athleticism yeah. are good. And then maybe this other guy, you know, he's like getting yeah. maybe a little older, but he has more <laughs> skill. So you you can see how all these yeah. narratives so can be pretty exciting. This sounds like something that we we wouldn't necessarily even need like PGA players for. No. No, like I don't this think could so. just be its this own could, yeah. thing. It, it really could. Own, it right? really like, could. Maybe it's college players who didn't quite make it, and so the money is going to come from, like, the whole behind the scenes of like, you know, this. Let's just say it's twenty. Maybe it's just a tour of twenty players, right? And they, or maybe even less. And those are people like because you have to follow them around with camera crews to document, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, the building of the clubs, like the sourcing of materials, and then when they're actually playing. You know, we follow the season. You know, let's just say it's a ten-week season of mm-hmm. like how they make adjustments and stuff like that. Um, yeah. I see it being a very small number of players. Okay. I think the show and and the 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 viewing experience for the cu- customer. You do follow, you know, X amount of players. Yeah. Maybe it's fifty people, yeah. but you follow fifteen people per season from sure. for like a you know a Netflix okay. series or yeah. something mm-hmm. like this. Mm-hmm. So right. I love I mean, you get to know everybody over the years, but it's really 50 people and that's about it. Okay. They're the best. I think that's a fantastic. Idea. Do you have a title? Do you have a crackers. name for this? I I mean, I think one of the title sponsors has to be like Home Depot or, <laughs> or, or something like that or Craftsman. Right. Craftsman, you know. Right. Yeah. We need a name something. of like blank but tour. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, maybe we'll think to it. Uh, think of it. But I, that's a fantastic idea. Yeah, the Craftsman tour. That's I think t- it's. Craftsman tour. That, we'll start with that. We'll let it develop. Yeah. We'll let it marinate. That is, I mean, it's it's definitely accepted on this pod. On on the Bill Simmons pod where they do the half baked ideas, Kevin Wilds, who who offers the ideas, would would say like that's that's just an idea, right? That's that's good. It's, it's actually, not yeah, half baked. It's, it's just good. an idea, <laughs> right? Like, it's just it's an idea. Good. That <laughs> we have we can see how it works. Right? Yeah. There's not really the yeah. half baked nature to, to it, it of like the yeah. Right. Dolphins. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I think there is because we don't have no idea. Like, are they like planting the trees that they're going to chop true. down, well, like to yeah. create the wood? <laughs> That's too. Like, they're not going to plant yeah, trees. I'm just be some parameters. <laughs> yeah. Think, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And like the other. Okay. The other question to be asked is like, you're going to have to teach. They're going to have to learn how to build clubs, and so there's going to have to be some sort of regulation in how much help they're given. Um, how Could it be craftsmen learning to play golf though? Okay, maybe there's like <laughs> so. So I like I like it. Is this getting into a little bit of like Hunger Games? Ask you. You seen the Hunger Games? I have. Yeah. 
Yeah. You read it or whatever? Hunger Games? I saw the first movie. That's right. it. But, you know, so like these people go to the Hunger Games where they have to survive or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And the people who are there kind of have different skills. You know, some of them are like oh, the yeah. strong person mm-hmm. and like he's going to be really strong, but other people are good at like building explosives. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah, they yeah. have different. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe like some of the people on the tour, you know, are the craftsmen who are going to be able to make the God. best thing. You know, they're really good with metal. They're going to be have the best equipment. And because of that, their lack, their limited golf skill will give them a chance against maybe some hotshot golfer who's like, oh, I can build my own club, but it actually, you know, it doesn't turn out very well. Oh, So are that there, would add drama to it, I think. Are there, like, club parameters? Like, are we, or is it just like you can create the best club possible? Well, I think we could figure that, those questions oh, out. Okay, yeah. here's one more twist, yeah. and right. we can move on to yeah. your tears. But uh, let's say there's 10 events yeah. over a 20-week span, like yeah. every other week or yeah. something like yeah. this. Uh, the courses are going to are gonna vary in in um style of play okay. and so each event you have to have a new set of clubs so like a you're constantly building <laughs> no yeah like you're constantly building a set Jeez. that is going to help optimize your performance at Bandon dunes okay right oh i need to keep the ball low this oh we're going to go play beth page the week after oh. that oh i gotta hit All the right. ball higher spin a little more like these clubs think, are going to need to get so a few so, things i'd add i would add, i think the events should be like should be 36 whole events I think, and I think it's like two days on, three days off, and and they're they're in a region, so each season, I think we need to make this a little more kind of like The Bachelor, where it seems like (laughs) the stuff's happening every week. You know, every week Mm -hmm. there's a rose ceremony, but actually it's like every two days. But they just because of when it airs, it seems like it's more spread out because that will help costs. So let's just say we go to like Bandon. Mm -hmm. We could do five rounds at the Bandon courses. We could do some of the other. You know, mm, courses around call. there, Chambers call. Bay, et cetera. And then it's like, we would yeah, have a yeah. bit of variety. If you were ever on the yeah. show, it's like an intense couple months. Yeah, exactly. Right. When it airs, it's like, yeah, wow, it's what a spread season. Out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> okay, it's fantastic. Um, all right, Pete, do you have any <laughs> ideas? It's hard to follow that one up. Um, I do. I think this was kind of in honor of the Olympics um, the last two weeks. I yeah. didn't watch really any of it, um, which is... I don't know about you guys. Did you watch no, the Olympics? Not really. A little bit. I grew up okay. watching all of this, like winter yeah. and summer. I would watch basically mm-hmm. every event, but I don't know what it was about the this year. Maybe I don't know. Anyway, I think it'd be cool to do like a uh, very niche category golf competitions. So like speed golf, like we do that in yeah. the summer. Like Ooh. who is the fastest golfer in the world that can play at this level or whatever it is. You'd have to come up with the parameters for that. Who can hit the, I mean, there's obviously already long drive. That yeah. could be one of them, but um, fastest ball speed or whatever it is. Um, you could do, what were the other ones I had? You could do, I like speed golf some, a lot, though. Some, court, but, some sort of um, putting, right? Like putting yeah. course, putt, putt, Yeah, Ooh, best mini golfer in the Wait, world. So this is just a whole tour? Uh, no, 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 no. I think it's like once a year, maybe. Okay, so what if it's just PGA Tour all-star game? Yeah, 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 but like it the, could be. But you gotta. But they wouldn't. Do you allow like anyone into that? Like, because there's people that can hit the ball farther than the guys on tour. And but I people. don't care. To, I don't care to watch those people. But then you know, there is that thing that does exist. The long drive contest. No, I know it's, that's what I'm it's saying. Literally on YouTube. I'm sure. I know speed golf exists. Yeah. But like, so we're making the tour yeah, players do legit. speed golf yeah, because people that would aren't be kind interested. of funny though. You're people right. People aren't interested in normal speed golf. That's true. But that but people if aren't interested in the Olympics. One, but you know, one day then. 
Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they would. All star game. Yeah. Yeah. Dunk contest. Yeah. Speed ball contest. Yeah, that, that's yeah. that kind of thing. Or that you know the NFL skills combine. Yeah. 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 Okay. I'll have to, I'll have to think on that. Cool. But <laughs> I just there's something about it being like once every, you know, two years or something. Like who is the currently the gold medalist in in speed golf but or who's you just the said you don't watch the olympics <laughs> <laughs> like you're not i'd watch that anymore. though i'd watch that i don't i think you might for um year, but. but who can i don't know <laughs> i watch more of the summer olympics than i do the winter. remember do you remember big break remember yeah. that show with like the flop <laughs> shot wall love something like that like who can the <laughs> highest flop shot to keep it big on the green <laughs> big break know. was canceled <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right so it was pipe right. dream yeah. Um, all right. Were those are those your only two ideas? That's I all two. I had. Uh, my I have like an eighth baked idea that I'm not gonna. Okay. I'll, I'll save that for the next half baked idea. Pod. My fir- my first idea is called Golf Bachelor. Um, <laughs> it, we have like tw- it happens like in December. It's not. There's n- well, maybe there could be romance, but there's not really. Stevie. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> No, no, no. Oh. This is for you guys. I specifically said in the text, like, break away, like, break professional away tour. tour. Yeah, so yeah, this yeah. has to have some, or at least in my mind, there has to be a reason that the pros would do it. Or how would it mm. fit in with the PGA, you know? So sure, this sure. is for, like, the month of December when there's nothing going on. We have, there's 12 players from the PGA Tour, 12 players from the LPGA Tour. And they're, they're like, playing in big money events so let's say some florida or something each event is you know it's a high purse like 10 million dollars each tournament but then after that there it's like like there's a show bachelor in paradise i don't watch anymore but it's like the women the women get the roses this week because they they want you know the women had the lowest score so it's like the women are safe they have Mm. 10 roses to give out which means like two of the men will be going home yeah and then they're you know they're gonna play again the next week. So, oh, they play um, again, and then it's like yeah, and that kind of can switch standing. off, and oh. then they'll be like one, so there's winners. They'll be able to win for like their actual golf events, but then also you know it's on TV and stuff, and you're getting to know the players behind the scenes, yeah. stuff like mm. that. They're staying at the resort yeah. where there's drama. Yeah, exactly. Wow, <laughs> that's cool, man. I like that. Yeah. Wait. That, so, but it's a good you, idea. You, you brought up Bachelor in Paradise. They, yeah. I think they. Well, I know this. They bring new people on each week. Are they? Are we, we bringing oh. new golfers in? Oh. Spice it up. Maybe we. You could. know. Maybe week like seven. Bryson. Bryson <laughs> shows up. Uh oh. Wow. Wow. Or like on Survivor yeah. when yeah. like there's a tribe merge, yeah. but then like there could be an unexpected merge, yeah. and like some teams are like maybe a little outnumbered, and mm-hmm. they throw in those like weekly like on the bachelor in paradise where they throw yeah. in that one guy it's like oh yeah wow we we did have the advantage of being like two two people more <laughs> and, but now they have 11 instead of yeah. 10 yeah that'd be cool Ooh. all right my final idea is maybe my best one i know pete will be on board um in all of the in a lot of the articles of players saying you know why the you know they were out on the saudi tour or like why it wasn't gonna work you know or writers were writing this they're like when they like when they didn't get tiger like it was dead in the water right so it's like if if tiger had said i'll I'll sign up for this pay me you know a billion dollars like they would have gotten other people to go do it oh yeah so basically like he is he's a trendsetter he's he's the guy he's the only he's the only guy that matters so i'm thinking tiger needs to leverage this power into 
the Tiger Tour. Wow. That's what it's called. It's the Tiger Tour. And there's a few different ways more. this can go. This could... Let's say if Tiger wants to still be nice to the PGA Tour, this only happens in every November, December. It's kind of an extension of the Hero World Challenge. You got... 20, you know, 20 to 30 people make the Tiger Tour. Like, you can qualify maybe yeah. based on world ranking, mm-hmm. but then also Tiger gets some picks. <laughs> of, oh, course. of course. Of course. He gets yeah. the pick who's coming to the Tiger Tour. His guys. Yeah. Yeah. And Invitational. He, you know, there's going to be a bunch of money because he'll be able to get t- as much funding as he wants. Um, and it's just like he makes it, he can decide whatever he wants to do. Like, is the first event like nine holes for $10 million? Like, that wow. that's fine we can watch electric that. and so we can do other things like that on the tiger tour every player is mic'd up love that and so so this is where like because we need to raise funds for this right. so the players are gonna be a little more willing to do th- things out of the box than they right. otherwise would on the pga tour because they're going to be making a lot of money you know for being on the tiger tour mm-hmm. um you know, maybe there's like greater fan access. I'm not sure. Maybe it's like really expensive to go to these events. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, maybe there's no ropes. Like, I don't know. Let's, Got it. So, does Tiger play in the Tiger Tour? It, it's up to him. He, if he's healthy, it, he can yeah. decide. He he's can decide. Okay like, there's week. money. There's, he'll make enough money from just being the name of the right, tour, right, right, like right, the right. Tiger Tour. Um, so it's got some vibes from the uh the match like where they were mic'd up yeah, and but it's got to be know, better no, than that i, I know there's, it's better there's than gotta that. be more money on the line yeah yeah so is money it it's line, yeah so it's more formats. competitive than the yeah. match these players will want to win more than yeah. they wanted to in those yeah. mm-hmm. but they are mic'd up um yeah he could get some like really i don't know something new, a fresh voice in the booth yeah. to call mm-hmm. it yep. you know not your yeah. no offense jim nance yeah. and nick faldo yeah. I, I like nance i don't I'm not a huge faldo guy yeah. but anyway like a new fresh yeah. face fresh voice yeah. um like if he wants one week to be alternate shot he can right. do that he could do it at if some cool wants, courses yep. if he wants it to be match play he could do that wow um, so he could i think the players yeah. like he yeah. wow or he okay. could do a draft you know whatever it's it's up to him like yeah i mean if there's a you're, rules you're, violation, Tiger comes out. He's like, yeah. <laughs> he's the judge. What's that guy's name? The uh, um, shooter. Uh, oh, what's his name? Slugger. Slugger. Slugger, Slugger White. <laughs> Slugger White. Yeah. yeah. He was rumored yeah. to go to the Saudi yeah. League yeah, for a while there. Exactly. Wow, Slugger. Um, yeah, I think that'd be really cool. I think that would. You were right when you thought that I'd be on board with that. I think the players have to be willing to be entertainers for this. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think part of the reason why there was some breakaway tour mm-hmm. talk was because they felt like they weren't being compensated for like the highlights yeah. that they were, mm-hmm. you know, producing mm-hmm. or, or whatnot. But then again, the PJ tour, like their only goal is to give their members as much money and playing opportunities as possible. It's not about the, the, the yeah, viewer or the consumer, know. you know? And Which so is... I think that's what this is, is great yeah. is it's more for the consumer but the players are still being rewarded handsomely. But I think they need to understand that from the get-go. Yeah. That, yeah. hey, like, you're going to be mic'd up here. Like, you are being compensated, one, for great play, but, like, like your sure. personality. Right. Too. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it'd be the same for Bachelor in Paradise, yeah. too, yeah. you know. Basketball. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. They need to know what they're getting into. Yeah. Well, yeah, they would. But, they, I mean, they'd be they, superstars. Right. They'd be superstars mm-hmm. for that. Right. Because yeah. it's limited. 
Um, it's not some random Tom. But, I mean, the final, I, like, if he just wanted to say, like, F you to the PJ Tour, he could just create, like, the Tiger Tour, and it's the basically the Saudi Tour, but it's called the Tiger Tour. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, if Tiger was, like, in... You're telling me if Tiger was in meetings with these guys, he's like, guys, guys, the... The Saudis are not that bad. Like they're they're fine. They're fine. Like come join the Tiger Tour. Everyone be like, okay, the Tiger Tour. It's the best. Yeah, I, I can't wait. The PJ yeah. Tour sucks, but <laughs> but because it was like the way it didn't quite get that that advocate, uh, it just mm-hmm. was like, wow, these are the worst. You know, I can't believe Phil. Like, yeah, um, yeah. So I mean, Phil certainly did not help himself in that. But I'm sure he was getting, like you said about Tiger, he, he probably had similar pull with players. I mean, Phil's he's the elder statesman of the tour. He won. I don't know. He's one of them. He's one yeah. of them. No, he is, but like similar pull of Tiger. No, I no, don't no, no, no. Not even close. Even but close. I'm just saying, like, there were some people in the room with Phil that were probably like, yeah, I'm on Phil's yeah, side Bryson. here. We have Bryson. I think Rory had more pull than Phil, though. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Thing for a different so. podcast. Who's yeah. the who uh, has the most pull? Pull among players yeah. or pull in general? Players. Yeah, I think Rory definitely yeah. more than Phil. Um, yeah. All right. Well, these are great ideas. Love it. I like your idea the best. I think the craftsman. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah that's a good one. <laughs> well, y'all's club order. I mean, they could your like guy in Florida live, really yeah. inspired me. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was just... Yeah, yeah thanks for bringing, it, you know, bringing it back around. Desti- yeah. Decide where it starts for these places. Are they literally <laughs> planting trees? <laughs> <laughs> that would be too long. It takes too long for a tree to grow. Well, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it does. Why would they have right. to plant their yeah. own tree? <laughs> well, where does They're it begin? Gonna, we're not where adding, does it begin, Andy? That's my question. We're not adding 37 years into their thing. Like, where does it start? They're not. Are they making their own golf balls? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Getting into yeah, rubber. That's what we didn't even talk about was the, gotta, that's huge. Everything you got to oh. make your own shoes. <laughs> like, you got everything. Right. That is. There would have to. We would need a, a bit more funding because I don't think anyone's gonna. Got to make your golf bag. Got to do it. Own. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> that's probably the easiest part. No. All right, guys. That's um. Okay. That's enough for today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Clean you. contact. I hit it again because that shot was a defining moment. And when a defining moment comes along, you define the moment. But the moment defines you.